Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Backstraight Boys and Girl Athletics Podcast. We are at an event which has been dubbed the Glastonbury of <laughs> Athletics, an event which was established six years ago by Ben Pocci and described as little more than one man's idea scribbled down on the back of a fag packet. But today has over 8,000 spectators a year, including Ronnie O'Sullivan, Sebco and of course athletics fans like yourselves. Just to introduce ourselves, I am Claire. I'm Bayo. I'm Jodie. And I thought to start things off, you could both tell us um, your 10k PBs, boys, <laughs> and your history and engagement with this event over the years, because this is my first year, but it's certainly not yours. Oh, you've never been here before? This is my first time. Oh, it feels we... like you've been here. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I had to edit the thing last year. <laughs> my 10k PB is around, I mean, that's not even a PB, it was on a, on a treadmill, around 44 minutes, I think. Ooh, that's on... okay, you're going to have the fastest, I reckon. <laughs> oh, really? On a oh. treadmill, though? Yeah, Not all okay. the same. Yeah. My fastest on the treadmill was like 4653. Oh, like um, something like that. And I, no, so it was 4653. Um, but that was on a treadmill and I couldn't get within 10 minutes of that now. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> but you've both been coming to this for several years now. When yeah, did you first come? Like third or fourth, I think. Yeah. Um, first time we came, we were just like gobsmacked. We were like, what? <laughs> this is good. Because it had been gone for like two, three years before that mm. and we hadn't been and we'd heard about it yeah. and we came and we're like, oh my God, it is like it is like a festival, you know? Yeah. And people, we always hear about how, um, you know, the long distance races, people find them boring, they can't be in the championships, they can't be on the Grand Prix, etc. And you come here and there's literally thousands of people. Thousands of people having fun. Yeah. That's the thing. It's so much fun. And at the moment, I think it's the sea races going on. I think it's the men's sea race at the moment. They're probably going to run around 29 minutes, which is very decent. And there's thousands of people cheering and clapping and ringing bells. And drinking. Yeah. And there's a man, like you said, ringing bells. There's a man wandered past us earlier, painted entirely gold. <laughs> who's about to hit some gong. I think the gong's the gong. Yeah, when the gong or something. Instead of the bell. Absolutely baffling. They could have done, they could have done that last night in Lausanne, couldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. We will definitely talk about the time in league a little bit later on. But you're right. It started out with 100 people in the first year. And now it's up to 8,000 or so. I think there could be even more than that over the course of today. With the weather so, so beautiful and all building up to the climax of the championship races later on tonight yeah. and as we sit here i mean just look just look at the people coming up the path you know mm. there's like there's, there's crowds actually coming into this this relatively small track in the middle of like a, a park in, in in central london and they've just come to watch people run on the track you know that's just really impressive and i think the people watching as well you know for the celeb spotters out there we've already seen a couple of mcolgans there'll be a rimmer knocking around there's a hutchings there's all you know the who's who of <laughs> athletics Sebco's here, we know that Ronnie O'Sullivan clears his snooker calendar every year <laughs> so that he can attend. It's a fantastic event to be at. I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of when the sun goes down, how it all goes. And also, it is a, also a, a serious event. It's yeah. the trials for the World Championships for the British athletes. It's all the, also the European 10,000 Cup which they've moved later in the year this year because obviously the World Championships is later in the year. So there's a, not just British athletes, there's a good lot of athletes mm. from around Europe. European champions are here um, and it's going to be a really good race and there's lots of things to watch for because there's the team race, there's the individual European Cup race, there's also the trials race. So it's a combination of three. So we're going to try and have our beady eyes on that and see what actually happens. And that gets quite complicated yes. because you could <laughs> be coming fifth in the race, but first in the British race, yeah. you know, or... Uh, um, or you could win the, the... You could be the first British home, but not be in the team for the European Cup. So you don't get points for the Cup. Yeah. So yes, I think, I'm think something like case. that. <laughs> and obviously what's so exciting about all of this is that not only are you trying to figure out who's finishing where in which race, but you are metres away from the action because yeah. they reduce it down to a two-lane track yeah. with a beer tent on the home straight <laughs> there's two beer tents two beer tents yeah. I don't like beer what am I supposed to there's do like, oh there's other things there's, oh. gin, there's gin there's cocktails all kinds of stuff Prosecco. oh, oh god 
count me in. This is getting better and better by the minute. Who are you most looking forward to seeing racing tonight? Um, That's an easy one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's Eilish McColgan. She, I said to her on Twitter earlier, she said she was running. I said, oh, something about she's going to win. She said she'd be happy to finish because, of course, she didn't finish her last 10K, which I think was in... Was it in? The Prefontaine, I yeah. think. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it was, she wasn't well. And I mean, it's very hot early in the year there. I'm sure she's going to finish. She's amongst the better PBs of the British athletes. And obviously, with her amazing form over 5,000 this year, I think she's the and one... 1,500. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, she's, she's definitely one to look for. Bit of motivation as well with trying to beat mum's record. Yes, and of course. having her mum watching because that's the only one she's got left to get now, isn't it, on the track? That's a tough one, though. I mean, mm. Liz McColgan's 10 is the 3057. It is. Yeah. So she, she, she's still, after all these years, fourth in Britain ever. Yes. So in order to um, beat her mum's record, she would have to go like to fourth all time in Britain, which is the big ask. It's been like great weather in Britain for the last week or so, and I was a bit worried that today may be super hot. You know, I thought it was, there was, um, I saw something it was going to be 30 degrees or something. Ooh. Actually, there's now um, news that it may be raining this evening. I mean, it's clearly not going to be a downpour, but mm. if it did get a bit cooler, if there was a few spots of rain, that's not a bad thing in a 10K, it is, is quite it? quite cool and a little bit of a breeze here as well. I don't think it's bad, bad weather it, at all. It's, so good, it's good conditions. Fingers crossed for some good times as well as some good races. Well, I reckon that men's race has just finished. Shall we go see what's going on, maybe chat to a couple of famous faces in the crowd, talk to some fans, get a flavour of the evening, have a couple of drinks, and... Uh, just a couple. <laughs> yeah, just a handful. We're journalists, we're journalists. We're, we're journalising. Be... Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm here with a very special guest, um, Olympic silver medalist Wendy Sly. We see you here every year, Wendy. You love it here, don't you? Yeah, this is my third year in a row, and the event's grown year by year. The spectators are amazing here. It's wonderful to see such great performances on British soil and uh, race after race of 10,000 metre running, which is just a wonderful evening. We don't see that much of it these days. On the circuit, we're always told that people don't really want to see those long races. Um, that seems to not be true. I mean, there's literally thousands of people here enjoying themselves. Well, I think what they've done here, which works so well, is they've created an amazing atmosphere. So, yes, everybody's watching the racing and, um, you know, we've just seen a sub 30 minute 10K, which everybody knows, I think, now is a great marker. Um, but it's the atmosphere, you know, the, the creativity around the event that's just grown and grown. And, you know, there's even more stuff going on this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's more than just the running, which I think is important to people now. You're right, because they've really turned it into an event. It's not just people running on a track. There's, you know, there's, there's beer to be bought, there's food, there's entertainment. So we've actually turned it into, it's a bit of a festival, I suppose, a, fe a festival of distance running. Yeah, I think somebody said on Facebook the other day, it's the Glastonbury um, of running. And I can see how that people would think of it that way. I mean, just to see more and more stalls selling food and drink and um, loads of people um, selling tickets to athletics in the summer and AW, we've got a stand over there. And um, yeah, there's just so much going on. And we're about to see some wonderful world-class performances on the track as well so it encourages people to stay around um, they've done their race and um, they can have a couple of beers and watch some really world-class running talking of world-class running on the track of course back in your day you were one of the very best in the world we didn't really have things like this i think then and of course the women at that point couldn't really run much further than 3,000 meters on the track um would you have liked to be able to run faster back in the day farther sorry not, not faster <laughs> well i'm i'm fortunate 
to have grown up in an era where when I first started running, the longest distance in the Olympics was 800 metres. Um, I competed at the first 3,000 metres in the Olympic Games and now, of course, there's a marathon, 10,000 metres, 5,000 metres, 3,000 metres steeplechase as well as 1,500 and 800. So women's athletics and women's running has grown enormously in the time I've been involved. And I would have loved something like this um, because I just think it brings running to the audience. I think the fact that the, um, the spectators are able to be in lane three and cheer the runners on and, and you can feel the atmosphere. I think when you're um, on a track, you can hear the atmosphere if you're in a really big stadium, but um, you know, this isn't a big stadium. This is a small stadium and a, you know, a, a sizable crowd, but not a massive crowd. And yet you can still feel that intensity. Now, you're still involved in the sport. What, what is it you do these days? I run AW Magazine, um, so I'm very much involved in the sport. We report on the sport every week, and um, I think you know, you'll know you see the magazine, say over by the 200 meter start, we're, we're selling copies today. But um, I'm really lucky, I think, to have been in the sport since the age of 11, with very little gap, really. I feel like running's been my whole life. And have you got any sort of anyone you want to point out tonight, anyone we should be looking out for? Well, I think both men and women's 10,000 metre trial races, European Cup races, are going to be exciting. I think the, the great thing about uh, men and women's 10,000 metre running at the moment is that there are a lot of people around the same sort of times that are in the races today. And that makes for an exciting race. The conditions are perfect. So I'm not going to put my, um, my, my money on anybody, but I would just say to everybody that they're going to be, both be exciting races. I'm Andy Butcher, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. I'm here with someone who perhaps, actually you know what Hannah, have you ever done the 10,000 metres? Oh no, I've done one road one, uh, New Year's Eve in Barcelona. Oh really? Yeah, yeah I, I could do it for the sake of four days in Barcelona with, <laughs> with my mates, but that's it, yeah. Fair enough, well I'm here with a much more middle distance specialist, so there's someone who's turning their hands to all sorts of exciting things these days in the world of country and punditry, but let's talk about the running. Hannah, can you explain what on earth was going on in that mile that you just ran? So I just ran in the Strava Pursuit Mile, um, and what they did, we all had to predict what time we were going to run, and then we all were set off at that at intervals to the idea being that we'd all finish at the same time uh, you know and I think some people perhaps underestimated what they could do and ran a lot faster but it was really really fun uh, so I was the penultimate person to set off and I was overtaking people every every 50 meters so it was really fun. Were you quite tactical in the time that you guessed for yourself or were you really on it? Um, no I put down 440 for a mile which uh, my PV is 424 <laughs> but I ran this event last year and it's, it's very tricky you know I'm used to kind of doing the races on the circuit around Europe where you've got a pacemaker and you can really switch off for that first half of the race. It's almost the opposite in this, you're concentrating and you're, you're pushing the whole way around. So I, I have absolutely no idea what time I ran, so I don't know whether I got it right or not. As in even now, five even minutes now, after the absolutely race? absolutely no idea. I no, love no. that. <laughs> I was trying to look at the clock, but when you're fatigued, like doing maths when you're fatigued just doesn't work. No, so I was like, all oh, right, okay, so the clock says 2.18, which means nothing. It's the time clock. And what is it, what, 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 what am I adding on in 30 seconds time? I have no idea. So just yeah. run, run, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the performance of yours that everyone is most familiar with was a performance in which your finish was the most exciting part of it but like you said you had to go gun to tape here yeah so mentally how do you approach it um I, my tactics so my coach bud he's uh, bud Baldari, he's coached me for 
blimey goodness, uh, 17 years. <laughs> so we had a chat yesterday and he's like, right, he's like, chill out for 1200. And he's like, just hit that 400 as hard as you can. And I came around with 500 to go and I was like, oh, well, I haven't done that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've gone way harder than I should have. I had hard, yeah. So, so I really didn't stick to the tactics uh, today. We were hoping to practice something like a bit championship style, but hey, it's really hard to predict what was going to happen today. Huge smile on your face. You're clearly having a great time. Absolutely, You're yeah. sticking around for the whole evening, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a... As my cousin's child is only three, so see how long she lasts, but I'll probably stay longer. <laughs> uh, we're here at the night of the 10,000 KPBs. Yeah. I can always get the name wrong. And a lot of athletes, as they get older, they move up in distance. Yeah. Have you ever thought about moving to the 5 or 10K or even doing a marathon? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, it is interesting. My husband's a British champion yeah. in steeplechase four times, and I'm tall. Yeah. And people go, hey, why don't you use steeplechase? And Luke's like, my husband's like, no, it's a stupid idea. Have you ever seen her run across country? Um, I'm very much a rhythm runner. So steeplechase has never seen me. I don't think I can handle that disruption. Um, in terms of the longer stuff, like, you know, if honestly I'd say my, mentally, it's just it's just not, I don't have it in me. And I, you know, I can muscle out sometimes with training, but it's definitely like my weak spot. Um, and luckily, every time I've gone in for a VO2 max test and we go on the treadmill and do all the science stuff, they say, Nana, you're best to do 50. No, I was waiting, waiting. I was like, no, like, please don't say I should do 5K. But uh, I, I try and do a park run, like 6K cross country for training. And I'll do the distance in training, but racing, I just, I love the 8 and 15. You just feel powerful, you feel fast. Like, I love every second of it. And I think, uh, you know, if I, if I generally thought I would have a better chance, sort of nationally and internationally in the long distances, I would suck up and move up. But fortunately, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Someone who is moving up the distances is running later on tonight, and that's Ailish McCarthy. You are a bona fide commentator and athletics <laughs> expert, media expert these days. What can we expect from her tonight? And Ailish is just incredibly gutsy. Whatever you, whatever distance she she tackles, she gives absolutely everything. And she trains very hard. You know, Liz McCulgan is a phenomenal athlete, and you can really see that kind of that showing through through Ailish as well. She trains her nuts off and she races her nuts off, and it's always exciting to watch. So you think Ailish for the British title tonight? Oh, yeah, why not? Steph there yeah, as well. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think <laughs> that it is. It's, this, we are just spoiled rotten with uh, female uh, distance running and middle distance running. We're so lucky. We really are. The scene is on fire at the yes. moment. So yeah, yeah. one final question about yeah. the night and the event. This has turned something that isn't a sexy event, the 10,000 metres, into actually something really, really cool. What would you like to see in middle distance to give that a bit of a kick up the backside and get more people excited by it? Just more of what you've got here. You've got music, you've got booze. I'm not saying you need people to get drunk, but it gives it. It gives it that night out quality. You know, you've got a lot of people here that are passionate about a sport that we're all passionate about, and then just making it fun. It can be very dry and, and very stressful for the athlete, and it can be stressful for the athlete, dull for the spectator. You do something like this, and everyone has a better time. Um, my husband is putting some open meets at the University of Birmingham this year. They didn't quite get the license for alcohol, but they've got the booming music and they've done all this. So really, people are trying to steal this idea the night of the 10,000s they're trying to steal that and take it elsewhere Ben thank you so much for joining us I'm sure there are a lot of people after your time on evenings like tonight talk me through how this thing came about just wanting to find a way that we could really celebrate 10,000 meter running and it's a bit of a geek fest and it's, it's the ugly bastard of you know, people would stick it on either early in the morning or put it on the Friday of a champs and no one's there. And I just knew my community. We love, we, we love it. So it was just a case of, was there something we could do to try and have some fun and build something up that was, was a little bit different? And yeah, we didn't do it in year one. That was just first step. Mm -hmm. but, and it's grown and grown. I mean, the big thing is the support we've had from everybody. I think there's a, 
there's been a will for it to succeed. Such nice goodwill, and there's so many volunteers who are part of that process. Mm. People buy into it, I think. They, they, they kind of offer their own goodwill because they, they see they, the goodwill coming back. So it's a, it's a goodwill exchange. Symbiotic goodwill. I don't know. It's, it's a, <laughs> I love it's that. It's the yeah, positive Edam cheese wheel of... <laughs> Lactic love, I don't know, something like that. Ben, what is your community? You've just mentioned uh, an ugly bastard, a geek fest. Like, why do you care so much? Well, it's just, uh, I think you I think you run for years. I've been a member of Highgate Harris since 1984, and you, you're kind of almost a bit embarrassed by it, but it's who you are. And so, you know, maybe you didn't fit in at school, but you found you were good at sport. That was always me. I wasn't the best academically, but I could run a little bit, and so I suddenly... Athletics gave me confidence, and I think there's a lot of people like that, all different reasons, and I think you maybe don't celebrate it, maybe we don't shout about it as much as we should, and I think part of this was a way that I could actually show that our community, and is, it can be cool, and the passion is what's cool, all that, all that energy, you can bring people who aren't into athletics, and what they can appreciate is all that mad, nutty energy, and that's what we got. Nine racing windows for 10,000, and when we started, obviously, not that many people necessarily were all up for it. We had a few in our front races, which were quick. But what we've done now, as it's increased in popularity, it is our goal was always pushing up the standard of British 10,000 meter racing. So our, our slowest race this year, our F race, was pace led at 31 minutes, which is insane. So we're, I think we like to say we're inclusive in that come, it's free, be part of it. We have the mile going on. We've got a whole lot of other stuff you can do. But at its core, which is still what I like, is it is a hardcore elite where we want the better guys to come. And we, in terms of entries, we uh, we do PB staggered. So to start with, only men who can run sub 30 minutes and women who can run sub 34 can enter. So we try and fill them up, get them in, and then we open it by one minute, fill them up. And so it, it's definitely inclusive, but maybe not in the performance side. So the races, I think that's the. Uh, but we you know we link in with Park Run, and so. Hopefully, people come and they get inspired because this, this track is an ordinary track. Anyone can jog around here. It's not a stadium, and yet there are global top 10 times happening on this track. So hopefully it makes anything seem possible. Can I ask, um, this has been such a huge success, you know, and it's something that people would have thought couldn't happen before. Have you had, like, interest from other countries, from other areas to put on events similar to this? Yeah, so the French Federation have put on an event. They came last year. I think it's part of the European Cup and they, they loved it and they wrote some really lovely emails and they asked for some advice and they went off and apparently I've seen a bit of the video they did a great first attempt at similar thing and they brought their own style and they had an amazing robot man using some neon lights he was quite funky actually oh my god it sounds uh, like a basement jacks gig yeah it was a little bit like that um, so no and then you look over in New Zealand they've also now done a bridge over the infield I think maybe this event has shown that you can, you can, you can still do traditional athletics but you can cut it slightly differently. And I'm not for any minute saying this is the answer or this is, but this is one of maybe many ways that you can do it a little bit differently. And I think maybe that's hopefully what people are now seeing. Looking ahead by one year, I'd like to know what it is you want to add for 2020. And then looking ahead by 510, how big can this get? Sushi bar. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, basically, Geisha Girls, we're going we're gonna to go big on the whole Tokyo theme and... However, we get, I don't know really, I haven't even thought about it yet, but yeah, we'll go bigger and it naturally lends itself to the Olympics, so everything goes up a gear. We got Guy the man with the gong here bashing it, so you know, if we get good feedback from that, maybe we'll get two for next year. 
it's kind of nutty is a word that you used earlier and that really is a word that I think just resonates around here you know there's such a lovely laid-back drinking culture the food tents the guy dresses the gong like everywhere you look there is something that is so interesting and so quirky do you think that's really important to keeping athletics alive and well? I think for some spectators who are trying to engage new people, having fun with athletics. I think, I think it's still possible to run international times and have fun. It doesn't have to be po-faced. I think, I think we can have fun with our sport. And I think if you're new to the sport, sometimes that appears a bit lacking. It seems quite austere. You go to the stadium and the etiquette can be quite uh, off-putting. So, again, not for everyone. And there are... Some people live for their Diamond League and I love them for that. But equally, I think there's another audience who maybe also want to complement that with a slightly different, a different way of approaching their sport. And last but not least, and you're going to have to squeeze it into this final lap of this men's race, which is kicking off. But what's been your favourite moment so far? Your favourite race, your favourite instance, your most satisfying moment as the founder of something that's really quite special? I think, well, we just lost the stadium power about half an hour ago and I had a mini heart attack and our uh, amazing volunteer Sparky fixed it. And so... I haven't even looked at the, at, the spot, at the actual races yet. So my moment of the minute is uh, my hero, Dave Gilbert, who uh, basically ran an extra spur and saved us. If it wasn't for that, we'd have no TV and no timing. So uh, at the minute, yeah, it's again another volunteer who's offering his time, professional electrician who uh, basically saved the day. Well, well done to, was it Dave? Dave Gilbert, yeah. Shout out to Dave and also to you, Ben. This is so much fun. Thank you for having us and thank you for speaking uh, to us. Thank you so much for uh, having me on and yeah, hope to get you back next year. We would love to be back. Hi, I'm Jenny Meadows and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. It's all been about 10,000 metres tonight <laughs> and we know that the Diamond League are ruthlessly striking off distance events mm-hmm. like there's no tomorrow. But we still should talk about the Diamond League because Lausanne last night threw up some spectacular performances. <laughs> How are your fantasy Diamond League teams? Well, all right. Yeah, I'd, I'd had some highs and some lows, uh-huh. but I think everyone did. There's one, well, you know, my thoughts on the Fantasy Diamond League. I, I'm not enjoying it. Um, but um, there's just some people like Shelley Ann Fraser does awful in um, Eugene. Mm-hmm. So you're like, do we pick her for. And then she wins massively. Um, Kijelcha did dreadful in the mile in Eugene, goes and wins the 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Ely is, what's her name, the shot putter? Chase Ely. Chase Ely mm. came sixth with 18 metres. Like, what's going on, people? Can we get some consistency? <laughs> I did. Everyone's turned into Asbel Kiprop. <laughs> <laughs> I did, for the third time this season, I did that thing where there's a relatively easy um, meeting record. So I choose two people and the meeting record goes, but neither of those two people get it. Um, that's the third time I've done that. So this time it was Sam Kendricks and in Mondo the in the oh, pole no. boat. Yeah, and, and Peter Letlisek mm. did get it. So did so did Sam, but like um, yeah. not um, not he didn't win. So no. it was fine. I had some good ones. Um, Cherry in the fifteen hundred was good. Um, yeah. NASA obviously in the four hundred was good. She's such a banker. I think her and NASA. Wow, are only my just. Two. I couldn't believe the speed <laughs> of that other athlete. We've got now. I think three four hundred meter runners who look capable of going top forty nine. Yeah, well, in the well not too distant future, yeah. which is mad. Yeah. Uh, not, not happened since 1984 when four people did it. Oh, lovely Thanks. bit of Guess stuff. Guess where I got that from? Oh, I wonder who you possibly... <laughs> <laughs> can, can we thank John for that? <laughs> yeah, I think it was John or Steve, I don't know. Noah Lyles, though. Yeah, Only I mean, once again, ever to go that far. Once again, like the last time we saw him running, he was beaten by Michael, uh, Norman. Michael Norman, and you're like, okay, so then the, the, the uh, meeting record was what 1967 or 63. Mm-hmm. So. Once again, just upped his game. It's really, I'm just finding it very frustrating. Who did we all have other, as our captains? Mr. I went, Skaney. Yeah, I me went too. We, we all had Mr. Skaney, yeah, yeah, me too. 
Because I, I, saw... I got told off, I mean, you'll put me right, about how I'm always going for a meeting record. Maybe I just need to go for the safe win, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's great. I've got 30 points, but... Well, the thing with Lassie Skinny, I chose her because I was absolutely certain she was going to win, yes. and she kind of almost didn't. Um, whereas the meeting records for the 200 and the 400, yeah, which are the other massive, two possible, they? they looked like they probably weren't well, going to go. she jumped 206 last week, which was, yeah. yeah. Anyway... They were good meeting records, though, because this is the first time I've ever looked them up because you're always banging on it. <laughs> so I looked at the meeting record. And I thought, oh, for God's sake, this has got such pedigree, this meet, because that was, what, the 44th meeting out at Lausanne? Like, it's got such rich history, and so many big athletes have performed there. I didn't think any of them looked ripe for the taking. And then there were four of them yeah. and three world leads. And there's also, like, the events like Echevarria in the long jump. I don't like to pick him because no, he's so totally sometimy. Yeah. Um, who was the other? There was someone else as well, like... Um, in the, I, I mean, I don't like picking pole vaulters, but there's in, there's um, some events this year that are just really mm. up and down, and so which, to be fair, bodes well for the world championships yes, because right. it, it means it's going to be exciting, doesn't it? And it's, especially with that big gap between um, the diamond leagues and the world champs, we're going to have a break very soon, aren't we? In, in the middle, um, so who knows what's going to happen in between? There are going to be injuries. People people are going to go off form. Um, people aren't going to make the team. You know, yeah. we, there's no guarantee that Noah Lyles is going to make the team, for example, is there? So. Um, by the time the World Championships do come round, everything could be turned on its head. I think this year, in some of the meetings, we've seen incredibly tactical races, particularly for the middle and long distances, and in others, we've seen absolutely blistering times. So I picked Lewandowski last night for the 1500, because <laughs> he's running so well this year, and he's had such good mile results. And then it was a really, really, really quick race, and that doesn't suit him. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to make these World Champs really exciting, because there are so many incredibly talented athletes on form right now, but it's how they're going to play it on the day. Of course, because we always see with a, a Diamond League, when they are going for fast times like they were last night, that's all down to the pacemakers, etc. Yeah. Some people are really, really great um, trial runners, um, time trial runners, but put them in a, a competitive race. In a 1500, it's going to be one in 36. Mm. Everything changes, doesn't it? Which is where your Lewandowski's come into, into form. I'll tell you who is a very good tactical runner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had more to give I saw a tweet he by did. someone that pointed out that it was at three different occasions he was visibly boxed in he had to come out to lane two lane three like quite a bit but also he slowed up on the line mm. because um, Tim or everyone was um, um, commentating said he could have just gone under 30 and he did what 30 Point one six. Yeah. He missed the Norwegian record. His brother's Norwegian uh, record by like a tenth. But he slows up on the line. It's almost like he can't believe. He sees the clock and can't believe what he's about to do. I mean, in doing so, he probably missed the Norwegian record. Missed going under yeah. thirty. Um, but you're right. Absolutely right. If in a, I, I trust him in any race. You know, so it could they could win in forty. They could win in twenty eight. And I think he'll be there or thereabouts. And once again, we had comments last night about the age of some Ethiopian runners. About oh, he doesn't look that old, and that oh, he looks older than that, etc. And yet. We're all very happy to see Jakob running these ridiculous times, which if it was done by someone from Africa, there'll be a lot of comment on. So mm. that's just a comment about that. It's no one's fault. I think that's a really interesting yeah. point. I haven't thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, we all celebrate him and how amazing he is, and he absolutely is. And we think it's down to hard work and all the rest of it, which it absolutely mm, is. We talk about prodigious talent. Yeah, but if it was someone from Ethiopia, there'll be all sorts of snide comments, as there was when Kajelch was that old and mm. running as fast as that. Yeah. Um, this is a terrible question. What's his name? The American World Record holder. Elio Kipchoge. Elio Kipchoge. So Elio Kipchoge. Elio Kipchoge. Her face. Claire's face. Um, Elio won the world championships in 2003 at the 5,000 metres at, at age 17. Um, he looks exactly the same. 17 years yeah, he later, looks like he looks exactly the same. Angels. But, also, cheekbones. but also, I have no doubt he was 17 because otherwise he'd be about 38 now. So, <laughs> you know, there's some. There, there was a, there was people from that area of the world just happened to look older, younger. You know, that's just a fact. 
no matter how old you are or how young you are, there is no excuse though for miscounting laps. Ah! None. What happened there? How have we seen every season someone on quite a big stage manage to cock up so And badly? also someone with so much experience. Mm. I was like complaining on Twitter, as I always do in these 5,000 movies, why nobody will take it up yeah. from the beginning. I want a Yobi Zondiki, I want a John Ngugi, I want a Daniel Kaiman, someone who's going to kick in like with with two miles to go mm-hmm. and really try and run away from everybody and nobody does that so when he did do that with like 700 meters I was like yes that's like it's a brave thing yeah, to do go on like, my son yeah, yeah come on I was like thinking like, can he hold on for another lap are they going to catch him how exciting no that it wasn't the plan <laughs> at all <laughs> but what's so weird is because firstly you should be counting them yourself or, you, or if you've been doing it that long you should know you should have a feeling for where you, you are you can know I was just, just going to say the bell hadn't gone so yeah. you would have known the, the um, mm. uh, before the bell had gone you you should be able to look at your watch or look at the screen or look at something and find out you should know by the time mm. that you're you're not two laps to go you've only one lap to go very very strange do you think this is then a case for every meet to have a man painted gold with a gong <laughs> absolutely. because then you couldn't <laughs> miss it <laughs> absolutely um, just a couple of shout well one more shout out before we go we mentioned this briefly Shelly Ann Fraser Price oh she's looking good oh my god she's the one I'm most worried about coming into the Olympics yeah. I feel like she's almost too good right now um, not the Olympics sorry the World, World Championships, Championships. Um, but I'm ready to call her the goat right now I think yeah. she was already the goat I but um, it doesn't really matter what happens ele- was it 11 months after giving birth or something obscene like yeah. that it doesn't really matter to me what she does from now on I don't see how she, she's to me the, the best female 100 metre runner of all time you know what yeah. I love about her is it's not only like the performances and the times and everything but it's how much fun she has out there she's, totally we've got a couple of sprinters at the moment who don't give very much in the way of interviews or personality and who really don't add anything and I think when an event is over in nine seconds what you do around it matters so much Absolutely. look at Noah Lyles look at Usain Bolt you know look at the like the Sean A's and everyone you need Shelly Ann Fraser prices well we've also we've interviewed her a few times she's just always chatty and friendly and smiley and, and pleasant you know which isn't mm. the case with our naming no names although one person who comes to mind one last night um and she's always happy to talk to you. Even if she's done badly, she's happy to talk to you, you know? And it just really makes a difference. Dina also came through really strongly yeah. in that, which was great to see. And another British star, although not in a Diamond League race, ran really well, which was Jodie Williams. Yes. 22.75, I yeah. think it was. In the and actually ran 22.85 yeah, for PB. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so I think British printing in rude health as per... It sounds a weird thing to say, but it's still pretty early in the season, yeah, you know? So I feel like we haven't seen Beth Dobbin yet, have we? Oh, yeah. she opened her season. She did, 23.03, 23, yeah. 23, something like that. And said there was loads more to come but it's all coming together which is great yeah so we've got I think when are the trials like a month off aren't they second week of August I was going to say August sometime so we're still a month away (laughs) very precise (laughs) imprecision on this pod (laughs) but we're we're still quite a way away and I feel like we haven't seen Asha really either Asha hasn't run yet I don't think Um, and so we don't really know what's going on there but we do have like an embarrassment of riches and whoever's in the team it's going to be a great team I've got to mention I don't think we've spoken about it on the pod but I know we all tweeted about it really excitedly but Imani opened her season with something absolutely obscene Um, and who else was it going to oh and Jodie Williams ran that 400 metres Um, and all of a sudden oh. we've got such strength and depth in the women's 400 again after last year was really quiet sorry and one thing we haven't said two things we haven't mm. said so first of all we should talk about two, two like ridiculous British um, junior performances yes yeah. we've got Amy oh Hunt. I know who you're going to say Amy Hunt in the women's 200 metres mm. she ran 22.42 or something 41? like 41.42 I mean, um, which is just crazy just like, bonkers and it, it feels like she hasn't had enough or we haven't given it enough attention in general can you imagine if this had happened a couple of years mm. back but it was an age 17 world record world record yeah. um, and 
like obviously top of the European mm. um, rank or top of the world rankings this year. Um, no, there's one person faster who's a junior at, at the um, at the um, NCAA's. NCAA's. But um, that was really out of nowhere. I mm. mean, she's won eleven three over the hundred meters, and but I honestly don't know who she is. I saw her the week before at the at the trials. I sort of know the name. I was gonna, I recognised her face because I think I'll have seen her in athletics weekly right. or something over the years. So it's some a face that was familiar to me, but she's. Never would have been a name that I'd mention if you said up and coming British no, talents, no. but bloody hell, she's clearly got it in spades. I mean, we've got she's got the European juniors. I don't know if she's going to do the hundred or two hundred though. But um, <laughs> I'm guessing it's the two hundred now. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, let's wait and see what she does there because I feel like sometimes when someone runs a time like that, there's a lot of pressure for them to run that every yeah. race from now mm. on. And we've talked a lot about that, haven't we? Not putting too much pressure on on youngsters. From what yeah. I've seen of her, she's very tall, very lean. Yeah. So I wonder if she might be more of a two four runner. I'd yeah, be really man. interested to see that. And then I think I know who you're going to say for your uh, second athlete. Max Bergen in the 800 metres. Now, this was all done at the British um, uh, Junior Trials, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Um, mm. The British Junior Trials. Now, he ran 1.45. Let me just pull the time up. 1.45.36. Yeah. Both he's currently, they're currently the British number one. Mm. He's well under the qualifying for the World Championships. Um, I don't see that many British people going under 145.36 no. this year. Also, it wasn't just that. It was the way, the way he, he ran, ran in. Exactly. Yeah. It's just what we love. But just also, what we love. after him, somewhere in those yeah, rankings, they all there was really, another oh, no, baby. No, you're absolutely right. Yes. Um, Who was it? Hang on, it was... It was... No, he also did 45, didn't he? It wasn't Carl Langford. It wasn't him. Oh, it was... 20 it, down there. I reckon it'll be one of these two. Ben Patterson. They all went stupid. They, yeah, just unbelievable. T- like, times that wouldn't look out of place on a senior Diamond League... Um, results graphic if the graphics were in the right place on the screen (laughs) (laughs) and Ben Patterson's a 400 metre runner only moved up this year isn't he so he's he's jumped he's chopped like seconds off of his his PB Um, the yes I mean that's just so exciting Mm. and I feel like he's somehow got lost in the the jumble both of those things we'll probably have to wait till the European juniors to properly you know maybe celebrate them in the way we want to let's hope that we get to see them off against the oldies at the British champs oh yeah that would be fascinating Michael, I described you to Ailish when I chatted to her a couple of months ago as the most supportive boyfriend in athletics and she burst out laughing um, and then unhesitatingly said that yes you are and I think at that moment in time you walked in through the front door with Nando's for both of you. So, oh, I try to remember that. Yeah, you were, you were doing something right. What's it like being the other half of an athlete competing in something so prestigious and so exciting tonight? It's quite nerve-wracking but also like it is really exciting. Obviously, I think you always get more nervous when it's not for you weirdly because it's obviously it's not in your control so it's obviously like you're, you're so scared about what might happen yeah. um, but I'm really excited I mean, we've watched this obviously myself and I have watched this over the last few years and we've always thought you know it's so cool for her to do it so um, yeah, it's really good that this year it's worked out plans have worked out I think it's this year with it, obviously the world being so late it's like perfect timing so I'm excited to see her run yeah, so it is. Liz was saying earlier in a Q&A that she has to hold Ailish back distance wise that the marathon is ultimately where she'll probably enjoy yeah. the most success which is having to rein her back in she must be buzzing to test herself over 10,000 yeah I think that's exactly what it is I think it's, it's a really good chance just to test herself today um, it's going to be interesting off 1505k work yeah. if she can hold it over a 10k mm-hmm. but again it's just a test I think it's be exciting to see if she can just test herself see what she's capable of doing um she doesn't really run much she only runs maybe 50 miles a week so if she could run something she could run a PB and run in the 31s off 50 miles a week I think that then gives her a lot of confidence knowing that when she builds up as her mum says when she starts building up the volume you know how quick could she actually run you know yeah of course 31.50 off the top of my head is the qualifying yeah, standard yeah. for Doha that's got to be a minimum from tonight right I think so I think um, it's going to be an interesting race I don't know how it's going to play out obviously the paces are aiming for 31.50 
we don't know how Salpetta's going to run, if she's going to go off on her own. So um, that adds a little bit of extra spice. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, everything about it, the pacing, the atmosphere, the lights on the track. There's all so sorts going cool, on. Um, it? Yeah. So it's going to be a really good festival running, I think. And will you enjoy it? Or will it be a pretty horrendous half hour for you? Oh, I think, to be honest, I think I'll enjoy this more than a 5K because I think I know there's less pressure on her. It's not her event. Yeah. We know it's almost more of a training exercise. I think when, when it's your event and you know you've been preparing solely for it, I should really struggle. I really struggle. You'll see me walking, pacing up and down. I can't oh, stand really? still normally, yeah. But today, I'll actually, I think I'll quite enjoy it. Um, well, I hope I will anyway. And do you watch with Liz? What's she like to be Yeah, no, we're both the same. I think, um, yeah, I think we'll both be the same today. I think we'll both actually be quite relaxed. We're both quite similar. Much more nervous when it's the 5K. If it's a 1500 or it's a 10K, it's like, you know, it's a bit of fun. It's something different. Yeah, Obviously, you want it to run well. Um, but it's not as pressurized, so um, I'm hoping we'll both enjoy it. And 25 laps, you know, it's going to be, there's a lot of time yeah, to enjoy it. A, a lot of emotions. Time. That's what I found the first time I watched her do a 10K. It was, it was weird just seeing how, like, you know, she'd go from almost looking like she was tired, then she'd come back again. It was, like, really weird, the emotions mm. going through it, watching yeah. it. It's such a long race to watch. It's a proper narrative, isn't it? It, it? is. Story. It is a story, yeah. So, um, that's that event I'm really looking forward to watch as well. Obviously, still training hard in your own right. Will you allow yourself a Highgate 10K <laughs> beer? God. I 100% will. Hopefully, it's a celebratory beer. Yeah. Uh, but either way, <laughs> there's going to be a beer, definitely. 100%. I have to. I think it's a rule at Highgate. You 100%. have to have a beer. So that is literally next on my list. After we're speaking, after we finish chatting now, I'm going to go for a beer and get oh, the first one okay. in. What does Michael Rimmer order at a bar? What's your beer of choice? Oh, do you know what? I, I like a Brooklyn Lager if they normally have it. I don't even have a Brooklyn Lager. That's a nice IPA. So I don't know if they'll have it. They'll have it in London somewhere. Of course they for will. Sure. So that's mine. Mine's a Brooklyn Lager. And just last but not least, what is going on with you? How is how's everything going? It has been better, for being honest. Mm-hmm. It has been better. Um, I've sort of been bit on and off with Achilles niggle. So um, hopefully by trials, mm-hmm. I can get it in one piece. But um, yeah, we're getting a bit caught in time. I think I'm quite lucky that this year, obviously, the trials um, are later. So it gives me a bit yeah, of a chance, later. but still... I need to get some training. So fingers crossed, um, I'm there. But if not, I'll be in a supportive role again. But for me, honestly, if I'm being honest, I think it's all about Tokyo next year. Doha will be a, a bonus. I'm, I'm literally putting all my eggs in one basket trying to make that fourth Olympics. So if I don't make this year, I'm disappointed. But to be honest, my focus is next year, really. Had a chat with Neve Emerson just a couple of weeks ago yeah, for yeah. the pod, and obviously she's had to sit out the rest yeah. of the season. She's devastated. But she said, you know what? Maybe a two-year overarching plan is a bit sensible the right decision so maybe for you, you know. perhaps that's I think that's what you've got to look at don't you I think at no point sort of I think you're doing the right thing there's no point getting too down about it I think mm-hmm. the big one is next year it's, it's tough when you miss this year of course it's going to be but if you had to trade you could trade Doha for Tokyo every day of the week so if it does happen I do miss it it won't be a massive deal but fingers crossed next year I can stay, stay in one piece well if that's taken a bit of time pressure off you can enjoy that lager all the more yes. thanks so much for chatting to us Michael enjoy okay. tonight thank you this is Jess Jad and you are listening to the Backstraight Boys so I'm here with Steph Twell the winner of the European Cup for 10k <laughs> and the winner of the UK Trials so Steph coming into this what was your expectation for the race um, today I wanted to run relaxed and free that was my two main goals uh, to have a really positive mindset in the race I then wanted to try and execute something really good and if I could get on the podium so top three <laughs> That was my aim today. And did you have any time goals? Were you trying to qualify for the World Championships or the Olympics? Just a PB. So I ran really fast on the road. Well, I think a fast time in London. And the Vitality 10K is a tough course. I ran 31.55. So I knew that there was something special there. But to execute a race like in 
you know, a race like this, sometimes it can throw you. The atmosphere, the energy to hold your concentration for that long is not easy. Um, but yeah, I'm super delighted. Now, um, obviously, you've run 31.08. Wow. <laughs> is that the official time? I mean, oh that's my what God. Said, that's what it said on the, on the screen. Yes. And that's, I think, the sixth fastest Britain of all time. Seriously. Okay. Um, you've obviously, we've seen you over 5K and we've seen you over a marathon very recently. Yeah. So this is an in-between race that you should be good at. But did you expect to run that fast? Um, do you know what? I've been following girls, uh, the likes of uh, some of my, of my American compatriots. You know, I've been on the 5K scene at the Diamond League for so long. Um, but actually racing on that scene is really hard against the Ethiopians, the Kenyans, yeah. Bahrainians. And, you know, it really does dig at your mindset my mindset hasn't been as good as it could be but I love to win as you can tell I'm five times British champion so for me being at the front of the race is where it's at and the bigger occasions I love but I'm not going to lie bridging the gap has been really tough um, so for me today I really respected the athletes around me because I've been in no man's land for so long so for me I love the light gates I love the atmosphere and I thought just use this energy there's so many times I've been running around an empty track on my own just use this energy and um, for me I did that today and that's what mattered so you're here with the European champion. Yeah. You're going to take you just beating her. I know. And obviously, we have a high expectation of Ailish, who, who also um, competed amazingly today. Yeah. Um, so what's going forward, knowing you can run this over 10K, what are your plans for the rest of the year? Would you do the World Championships in 10K? Um, I need to think about it. <laughs> to be honest, 12 weeks tomorrow is a countdown to the Berlin Marathon, and that's right. my aim. So my aim for Tokyo is to be on the roads with the you know, incredible road running scene. There's an amazing culture of road running in Japan. Yeah, and I course. think an Olympic Games running the marathon would be spectacular. But I need to look at my options over the 10K and I won't discount it. But at the moment, I'm supporting myself and running independently and freely. And I'm not, you know, as easily supported in British athletics. So for me, it becomes a little bit daunting running um, a little bit in stadiums. I, I, I love stadiums, don't get me wrong. But the last few years to bridge that gap at another level has been really tough for me and my confidence. So for me, running on the road is a little bit freer. Uh -huh. um, so I'm hoping um, I can be equally as strong on the marathon, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so Burning Marathon is when? The beginning of September? September 29th. Okay. So what's the aim there? Is to qualify for Tokyo? Yeah, getting a pre-selection for the Olympics would be incredible because it means it sets me up for the next year and I can have that flexibility and creativity to get stronger and faster. And then I want to mix it up. Uh, anything's possible in Olympic Games. And what is the qualifying for, for Tokyo in the marathon? Uh, Tokyo in the marathon is 2.29.30 and I've run 2.30.14 at the moment. Um, but I think I can really knock that down. <laughs> Berlin's the place to do that. I hope so, yeah. Elliot's run so fast there. Yeah. I've watched so many incredible people race there. So it's my turn now. <laughs> Let's go. And is there any possibility that you then go and do the 10K at the world? So they are pretty much the same weekend, so it's not possible. So oh. I'd have to choose one or the other. But for me, a pre-selection for Tokyo would mean more. Absolutely. And yeah. if you've got the pre-selection, you can go to London, maybe do the London Marathon next summer, go for yeah. time. Yeah. Really interesting. It's lovely to see you, because obviously we know you as a yes, junior. I know. I'm still in there. It's my last race <laughs> as a 20-year-old. <laughs> and I think the 30s, my 30s are still yet to come. So the best is yet to come. Lips from me, who's way past, way past 30. <laughs> 30s are the best. Thank Thank you so much. I'd love to hear that. I need that advice because I don't want to be crying on my birthday. I, I, I'm really happy to finish in style and now get ready to. No, 30s are the best because okay. you're a grown up, you've got <laughs> confidence, you know you Yeah, you know, know yourself, stuff. you know your yeah, mind. Exactly, and you know what Thank you want to do. So, seeing you as a world junior champion back in 2008. Hey, oh my god, yeah, you remember. Now yeah. you're the European Cup champion, you're the Thank British you. champion, and hopefully, we're going to see you in Tokyo next Thank year. Thank you, absolutely. Thank Thanks you so very much. much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hi, I'm Greg Rutherford, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys.
You're a pro, aren't you? Well, you know. <laughs> so I had a chat to Michael earlier, and I said, are you going to enjoy watching her run today? And he was really in two minds about it. He seems to love being a supporting, but he says he paces around something dreadful, and it's really, really stressful for him. How do you think he and your mum enjoyed watching that race? Yeah, do you know what? They have really high expectations of me, probably higher than... I, I suppose they just believe in me. I'm very, like, low confident. i always very unconfident, so I always think I'm maybe not quite capable of what they think I'm doing. But bit by bit, I'm sort of breaking that barrier down. Like, I'm, I remember my mum saying, Jimmy, you can break four minutes. And I'd be like, that's mad for a 1500. There's no way. And now I'm like, yeah, I believe I can do that. And she, she said to me, you can break 31 minutes. And I was like, you're absolutely crazy. Like, there's no way I can do it. And now, actually, after tonight, I'm like, do you know what? Yeah, I think I actually can do that. Maybe not right now, but certainly it's, it's there for the taking. So, yeah, I think for the, they always have really high expectations. I think they just, um, I suppose they want me to do well, isn't it? And they can't... They can't control it, do you know what I mean? They want to almost do the race for me. And I think it's difficult for them because they see what I'm doing in training every day, so they know what shape you're in. I think it's just trying to reinforce to me that, yeah, you can do it, so have a bit more confidence, go off, believe in yourself. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably more stressful for them than it is, it is me running. <laughs> I imagine it is, and I guess you're concentrating so hard and you're in such a world of pain that you can't overthink it quite as much. Solpeta flew off the front today, but we kind of, I think, predicted that she was going to do that, and I was actually stood by Michael, and he was going, oh, I want her to go with her, I want her to go yeah. with her. Was that, did you expect her to go off so quickly? Were you happy with the way that you played the first you know couple I, of kilometres? It's difficult, because I've just got a bit of a mind block with the 10K, because the first one I did two years ago, I had food poisoning, and I was, like, vomiting my way around the track pretty much and then last month obviously I dropped out of Stanford so I feel like I've just got this bit of this mental block now with the 10k so when she went I was like mm, I should be up there and I tried to go past the two pacers but I think they were panicking they didn't want us to go in front of them I don't know if they're worried they're not going to get um, get paid if they don't if they don't pace the right time so there was a bit of a panic and they, they kept sort of surging every time I thank you um Every time I went to sort of move past to bridge the gap, they would they would push again. So I was having to sort of go into lane four, and I just sort of thought, right, do you know what? Just stick where you are. And to be honest, it was a bit reassuring when I saw the the light because yeah. actually I was like, well, we're in with this light, and that's mm. thirty one twenty five. So the wave like technology, I was really impressed by that. Yeah, so it gave me a bit of a. I, I suppose when I saw the light, I thought actually just keep where you are because you're mm. actually running probably yeah. a minute faster than your PB so just course, hold on um, so yeah I, did, I, I know Salpeta's strong I know she's a strong runner um, to be honest I didn't expect her to come back as much as she did mm -hmm. um, so yeah maybe a little bit disappointed that I didn't quite go with it but I'm still yeah I feel very like a novice at this I feel like I'm still learning quite a lot and mm -hmm. yeah I've got a lot more work I think for the 10k and, but we know that I mean it's very difficult last month I ran 4 minutes for a 5 1500 yeah. so to try and come and run a 10k mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was always going to be a difficult task, but Olympic qualifier, um, yeah, I can't ask for any more than that. Of course so not. It was it. We saw that 1500 speed towards the end. Where you seem to do a classic Ailish, like wound it up bit by bit by bit. The last kind of 800 meters, you looked great. Yeah. How did that feel? I think that's probably what I'm most disappointed about is that I just lost contact with them. And there's no reason for me to lose contact, but I just, I just did. And then at 800 to go, I started thinking, what am I doing? Like I feel fine. Like there's actually not nothing wrong with me. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think again, it's more experience of doing um, the same way Steph has done. Gone to some half marathons, build a bit more strength so you know you can last the distance. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's what I'm most disappointed about tonight is just that little bit where I fell off because I finished so strong and I know that had I been there, I might have been a bit closer to Salpeter and, and caught her. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big learning curve for me and I'll, I'll take it tonight. That said, you are developing a formidable range, 1,500, yeah. you know, throw one and now, push, you know, pushing that 31-minute barrier. Looking ahead to the summer, you, I'm sorry, you've answered this question about four times already. Right, I've already right. heard it, but what can we expect and hope to see you running from Doha? Do you know what, this year my main aim was I wanted to break 1440. I feel like I'm capable of doing that. Joe Pavey, I keep mentioning it, but Joe Pavey ran, I think, 38 or 39. And I've just had that in my mind now for like the last two years. And I'd love to go second on the all-time list behind Paula. That's a big aim for me. So this year, that was the main aim, to try and break 1440, really get myself um, into that, yeah, the 5K final and see just how far I can go up. And if I can run... 35, 36, I'd be over the moon, and that was my main, main aim for this year. So I think this is a really good stepping stone going over distance to try and build up that strength. So when I go back to the five, it'll, it'll feel much comfortable. So yeah, looking forward to it. It won't have been comfortable, but I've absolutely no doubt it was fun. Final question How was it competing at what is rapidly becoming like the Glastonbury of athletics events? Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible experience. I think the, um, the, the noise of tonight, just the buds, it was unlike anything I've ever raced before so I think that really helped me I think mentally over that last 800 as soon as the light came towards me I heard the crowd just get so loud and it it did it was a huge help so it's been an amazing night I'll definitely be back again I'm here with Bram Swam, who is no stranger to a massive international athletics meet, but is it your first time here at the night of the 10,000 PBs? Yes, my first time here, yeah. And what's your instant reaction? What do you think of it as an event? Um, it's great. It's, it's a lot of inspiration. Um, I'm here especially for the, for the wave light, but it's, 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 um, it's amazing. You can see the crowd is, is really enjoying competition, so I think many organizers can learn from this competition it, i don't think you can copy it one-on-one but it's you know there it definitely has aspects w- where, where organizers can learn from if i were a pacemaker should i be worried for my job is this wave like going to replace the human pacemaker or just complement it no i think it's complement to it i think um athletes still like to have you know a physical pacemaker human mm-hmm. in front of them but um First, when we when we when we were thinking about the wave we thought it's it was a it was a really it was a, a spectator tool. I think for the for the audience, you know, they can um, they can all the time they can see how athletes behave to a certain time to a standard or a track record. It doesn't mean, but you know, now we hear that also athletes, you know, and 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 the pacemakers, the physical pacemakers, really. Uh, benefit from from uh, from the wave light yeah mm. so it's it's double yeah and this men's race which is going on behind us well all around us is really really ramping up have you got a favorite have you got an eye on someone in this race and there of course there is a dutch guy in the race oh. <laughs> benjamin the hand and um, and some belgium guys so i'll cheer for them and just what actually you mentioned a dutch guy in this race she's not here tonight but a dutch distance runner i love is susan crewman okay and um, are we like do you follow her closely what can we expect from her this summer because she was wonderful in berlin she was wonderful in berlin and um she ran the standard for the 10k already in in um, um in stanford i think mm. um i know she's she's in san Moritz at the moment and um but um yeah definitely i followed her and and she's she's a great inspiration i think for for dutch athletics you know so that's that's great yeah between her and sif and hassan you guys yeah. are in pretty good shape right now yeah there's some 
some good, some good um, at least at the moment in in, in Holland, you know, in the, on the longer distances. So that's yeah, that's great. That's it's great for the for the I think for the talents and yeah for the athletics in in in, in general. I think there's all sorts of pyrotechnics going off, so it's clearly the business end of the race. I'll let you crack on, but thank you for your time and enjoy tonight. Congratulations on the wave, it's fantastic. Okay, thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Neve Emerson, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. So I'm here with Andy Vernon, who knows a thing or two about a 10k race. Um, you've been up here on the top of the, the bus, um, pre- presenting, commentating for the evening, haven't you? Um, tell us about the last race, the men's um, the men's championship. Yeah, so yeah, I've been commentating here, adding a, a string to my bow, if you like. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was a, a fantastic race. It was a race down to the wire. Um, everyone got on it right from the start. There was a big train up until about halfway, and then gap started to open, and then it was um, you know the, the the lead changed in the last uh, last ten laps, last four k or so, probably four or five times. Everyone trying to have a little go and then uh, in the end uh, yeah Cripper was the strongest man and he ran it home in the home straight and obviously we've had here in Britain for almost the last decade you know Mo has been the number one 10,000 meter runner in the world um, he's now moved to the track no, sorry moved to the roads not doing the track anymore where do you think he's left the state of, um, sort of 10k running in Britain well I think it's a lot better now than it was maybe three or four years ago um, you know we've, we've got the likes of uh, like Nick Gulab stepping up Ben Connage ran a big PB there um, 27.57 I think he ran um, you know you still got Chris Thompson there I think he ran 28.28 today he'll probably be a bit disappointed with that but last year he ran 27.52 so by all means you know he's not um, he's not out of it um, you know I, I would like to do a little bit more uh, 10,000 meter running still so um, and we've got Alex E as well if he comes back and does a little bit um, outside of his triathlon so I think um, yeah I mean if you if you look past Mo because he was on his own anyway um, so far up there I think um, yeah the best of the rest is uh, certainly looking very healthy now you mentioned Alex Yee we've been talking about him on the pod because it seems like we might have lost him to triathlon he was here last year ran fantastically but now he's doing so well um, in the triathlon world do you think we'll get him back on a track? I don't think so um, I I I, I... I mean, the thing is, they they kind of can go hand in hand. When you're, if, if he's competing over um, tri- uh, triathlon, then he probably can't just step in and do a, a, a track race. But you know, in off seasons, um, you know, he, he still has to train for a 10k race because the, the end of his the end of his triathlon is a 10k race. Um, the rest of it is just like huge cardio. You know, sitting on the bike for four or five hours just really builds up your cardio. So he'll never lose it as long as he keeps that um, that little bit of zip in his legs. You know, does some faster reps for the for the track. He'll uh, you know he'll be able to bring it back and he'll be able to to do it no problem. So we talk about the others. Tell us about yourself. What are you up to this this year? Are you just a baby out here? Yeah. So yeah, eight and a half months ago, um, yeah, little Aria Vernon arrived into the world. Um, Two weeks later, I got injured and I haven't run properly since, so uh, <laughs> I blame her. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, I'm just fighting um, a few injuries at the moment, um, mainly my, my high hamstring tendon. I had a chronic tendinopathy in the insertion, um, mainly from trying to train for a marathon with tendinopathy, which isn't a very good idea. So if anyone's listening, don't do that. Um, it, it doesn't bode well. Um, yeah, and I just kind of made it quite bad. So I had to have an injection in it, uh, an injection called prolotherapy, which um, it just really increases the, uh, it, it introduces like a massive inflammatory response to um, to the tendon to try and send blood there and, and heal it quicker. Um, but it means I can't run for another four or five weeks or so now. Um, so when I get back into into running, yeah, hopefully I, I kind of pick up where I left off. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I can continue on my career. 
So are the Worlds this year a write-off? You're not, not aiming for them or is it still a possibility? Yeah, no, the world, Worlds this year will be a, a write-off. Yeah, I definitely won't be able to get back in, in time for those. I think, I think the trial, um, I mean, I've missed the 10K trial, so uh, that one's out. And I think the 5K trial is in, in August and I'll only just be, I might be running for three weeks by then. So, yeah, there's no way um, that the, the world champs are going to be on. Um, I, I really hope to do a autumn, uh, maybe probably getting into the winter um, marathon but you know if not i have to just get myself ready for um you know next year really i was going to ask you about that because we've heard about you like potentially moving to the marathon like at some point is this what you're aiming for for the future you think yeah i mean like I, you could say that i have moved to the marathon it's just that i couldn't actually do the race <laughs> i did i you know i did 10 weeks of training for it um and uh yeah but it, the, my injury was too bad and it, it, it wasn't sensible to to actually go into the race I had to shut it off um but yeah my, my focus is certainly for the foreseeable future on marathons um we'll see how it goes i, I, I don't know how qualifying for uh, tokyo is going to go next year um because if i do say if i did london um that's very close to rio so i might not be able to do that if i don't think i can get myself into marathon shape for it or if the team might already be picked by then i don't know um and then um but if i did do it then it, it kind of prevents me from doing the track races as well because i can't rebound from a marathon and do the track so i'll either have to choose one or the other really if i want to go for the track or if i want to go for the um, marathon but i really won't be able to tell until like january february next year whether i can really give it a go well we're, we're very much looking forward to that you know when, when you do actually when you do actually finally move up um, and we very much hope to see you at to in tokyo in the marathon or the 10k wherever you choose to do andy so like, best of luck yeah right, thank you very much thank, thank you, you. Jody. Oh, so it's barely raining. No, so my, my phone's gone funny. I've been able to, I was having real trouble. Oh, really? Oh, mine's waterproof. It's an eight. Oh, Don't mean to yeah, brag. Mine's a four. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't have portrait mode, though, which kills me because I could get such better pictures of my dogs if it did. <laughs> right. <laughs> I might leave that in. What an absolutely terrific journalising extravaganza that was. <laughs> we are professionals, Claire. Which, yeah, we actually all did some work. It's quite exciting. We really did. We spoke to... God, so many people. I would have to drop anyone to fit them all in. I really feel like it was a who's who of 10Ks. Also, can, can I point out my great Instagramming? I am just chuffed a bit. <laughs> There's been stories. There have been was, tweets. There was stories, there was tweets, there was tags. There was Ooh. all kinds of stuff, I know. Tags, hashtags. Not just tag tags, but hashtags. Oh, there were no tags. There was hashtags. There was no, 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 there were tags. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been tagging me and stuff. My phone's been going off like a... I don't even know what. How exciting. <laughs> But once again, the uh, night of the 10, 10 KPBs has been an amazing night. So um, good. The, the, it's, it's been summer. We've been, like, it's been really, really hot in the last few weeks. And I thought today might be really hot and a bit too hot for the, for the races. But actually, by the time the A races came around, the weather was perfect. I mean, it rained a little bit. And now men. it's pissing down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the highlight of the night was the women's 10K, yeah. which we expected in the first place. Mm. Steph Twell, sixth best Britain of all time, 31.08. She beat the reigning European champion, Mm. Um, it really is an event that's going to be very strong for her. Um, and Ailish, who we all tipped very highly beforehand, mm -hmm. also ran phenomenally. I think she went 31, 17 or 18. Yes. So, like, to come into this, just trying to get the qualifying for Tokyo and to smash it um, sets them both up really well. But it wasn't even Tokyo. I mean, to begin with, people were looking at Doha, weren't they? So this is like, over a year out. They've, they've 
easily beat the, um, mm. the um, qualifying for Tokyo. So just think what they can do within the next year before yeah, they and, get there. And both of them are very inexperienced at the 10K. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Steph's run marathons now, but she hasn't run many 10Ks on the track. And Ailish, I think, has only run one before, and maybe. She's she's dropped out, out of one, one. and she's yeah. run one so before. So they yeah. both of them um, haven't trained specifically for the 10K. Mm. Um, I think Steph is going to concentrate on the marathon. She really wants to run the marathon in Tokyo, like she said. Um, but Ailish, there's a lot, lot of improvement to come over that race. And obviously, the goal for her is to beat her mum's. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, she wasn't far off. She was 20 right. seconds off. She says it's all about self-belief. When I spoke to her after, yeah. she was saying that, you know, recently she's been training for 1500s and fives. A couple of weeks ago, she ran almost to four minute 1500. Of yeah. course, she's not ready for a 10K right now. And she's still learning her craft. And she said that a massive part of it is self-belief and that maybe if she'd gone after Salpita a bit earlier yeah. on, then things could have turned out differently. But there's no doubt, like, the strength and depth that we're developing in British distance running. Yeah. I mean, the men's race wasn't as exciting mm. from a British perspective. Um, the, um, was it Cripo who won? Yeah, Cripple one, yeah. Yeah, um, which is n- not unexpected. He, mm-hmm. he ran one twenty-one fifty, I think it was. But obviously the weather had turned a little bit by the time the yes. men ran as well. But I think the star of the night is the night itself. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, well put. Uh, <laughs> and as everyone has been saying, if you put on an event like this and you respect the distance and you respect the audience, people will come and enjoy it. It's been a brilliant turnout. It's even, like, this year gets better each year. Like, just even the food stands and the entertainment were better this year than last year there's two bars there's gin there's a gin bar this year which I was very happy to see Um, and it will just get better and better every year well it's a bit like what we were saying about um, um, Eilish and having confidence in yourself it feels like this this event has got confidence in itself it's Mm. got confidence in the event it's got confidence in 10k races it's saying we're going to put it on we're going to put ourselves out there we're going to throw ourselves forward and it's going to be successful and it's worked and there's even going to be a bloody sushi bar next year Ah. according to the organiser in honour of Tokyo <laughs> but if only the Diamond League or just the IWF could have the same belief in distance races, the idea that there's going to be no 5Ks on the, in the, on the um, Diamond League next year is absolutely ludicrous. Some of the best races this year and every year are over the longer distances. And to just give up on it is just, I mean, it's, it's unconscionable, to be honest. Completely and utterly agree. And the fact that it was raining by the end of that men's race and there were still thousands of yeah. people mm. ringing their cowbells, swigging <laughs> their beers. And the idea that no one wants to watch a distance race is stupid a 15 minute race a 30 minute race is ludicrous and if you don't want to show it on TV then put it on before or after it doesn't like but just you've given up on distance races on the track everyone's moved to the to the roads there's money to be made on the roads there's prestige to be made on had, had on the roads and we're losing it on the track. And it's especially weird when you think some of the biggest stars of the, the, the event or biggest stars of athletics over the last 20 years have been your Hayley Gabby Celeste, your um, Kenny Bekele's, your Paula Radcliffe, your Tunis de Darbers, yeah. um, your Mo Farah's. Mm. You know, it's not like this, these events don't produce stars that don't produce people, um, don't produce the people that the, um, that the public want to watch, you know. So the idea that we should get rid of them, it just seems totally bizarre. Whilst focusing on, frankly, pretty boring um, um, mm. sprint races sometimes. So nice the 10 KPBs has proven for the sixth year now, yeah. I think, that this is how athletics can and should yeah. be delivered. It was so much fun to be there. Thank you to the organisers for letting us come along. <laughs> we were trackside for the whole thing. It was pretty dreamy right by the finishing line. It was amazing to get to speak to all those athletes and participants. With the Southwark Park volunteers, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Backstreet Boys. When are we back next? We will be back towards the end of July because I'm off to the Netball World Cup. Oh, I know, lucky me. We have a fantastic and now really like quite full of content Instagram <laughs> account. What's it called? It's Backstreet Boys Podcast. And you can find the boys on Twitter at... 
Backstraight B at Backstraight B. <laughs> at Backstraight B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Claire underscore G Thomas. Give us a follow, give us a review, a rate, a review, a subscribe. We even picked up some Night of the 10K PB badges and we will be giving them out to good reviews in the coming weeks. Bye. 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 Bye.